0: www.bottlenecktobreakthrough.com.
1: My relationship with numbers is uh, not good. Um, mathematics for me has been a very uncomfortable and stress-inducing idea. Mm-hmm. Um, when right around the time you start to get into heavy math is around grade seven, grade eight. Mm-hmm. You, know, you start to do, it's, They start to bring the alphabet into math around that age, right? Uh, and my first thought was, how dare they? Uh, but <laughs> you know, uh, the, the biggest problem for me was I was in the process of learning that alphabet in another language.
0: This is the real bottom line, where we tell entrepreneurial stories about true grit and perseverance from frontline business owners themselves. Now, let's get started. This is the first episode of The Real Bottom Line, featuring my guest, Neil Stevens. So, welcome to our first episode. I am Wendy Brookhouse, founder and chief strategist of Blackstar Wealth, um, which is a boutique financial planning firm that helps people find grow and keep their money. We're all about financial health and reducing the stress and anxiety around money as a business owner. What I know to be true is I learned so much from the stories of others, of their challenges and their successes. I get inspired. I get grounded. I get invigorated. And I also know that we need to continue to provide a forum to talk about money in a matter of fact way as a key part of making of making profit and a contribution, but at what cost? And that, my friends, is the real bottom line. A year ago yesterday, the World Health Organization declared that we were in a global pandemic. What did that mean? We locked down. We watched an alarm as we tried to figure out what did this mean for our families, for our friends, and for our businesses. And we saw some of our business friends get closed down, some permanently. Well, my first guest took action. Neil Stevens started the Brand Brew Camp And I know that he is the reason I got out of bed several days to make sure I was online. During his 111 episodes, he coached, he guided, he strongly encouraged our band of early morning risers to meet the demands of our clients in a thoughtful, conscientious manner. He brought in experts from all walks of life. He made a difference. So I've known Neil for a long time now. I first heard about Neil when my husband, Kelsey McCauley, who was the first chair of a hundred men who gave a damn, came back from a meeting and said, you have to meet this guy. (laughs) So we did. We hired him and then we promptly told him he needed to run his own business. And so he did. This is Marketing is the company he started and he proudly runs his business out of downtown Dartmouth, helping business owners to find their brand. He has worked with some pretty cool brands, including Peace by Chocolate, Oceanstone, and our friend, Superfruit Parade. Recently, his wife, Kirsten, joined the business and making them partners. Officially joined the business, sorry, and making them partners in business and life. Neil is a real family man, two rambunctious children, an extended family that seems to go on forever and ever, and uh, they are all his biggest fans, as we know, because his dad attended every one of those 111 episodes. <laughs> so welcome, Neil. There we go. Thank you, Wendy. You're welcome.
1: You, Wendy. Uh, that's a very kind uh, introduction. And for anyone listening... Um, That's what it sounds like when people jump into Zoom rooms beside other people in the same Zoom room. (laughs) That's a little (laughs) echo
0: and feedback. Uh,
1: Thanks for having me and and congratulations to you for doing this. This is awesome.
0: Uh, uh, I I love the name. There's some really big shoes to fill, but I'm going to do my best. (laughs) (laughs) So Neil, let's start out. Tell us about your entrepreneur journey. How did you end up where you are today in business?
1: Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, I think the uh, the thing that comes to mind right off the bat is that it's really funny to consider that I have an entrepreneurial journey because I so did not ever see myself that way uh, or see my life going in that direction. <laughs> uh, honestly, you, you were the first person that told me uh, that, you know, really said, hey, you should you should think about doing your own thing, like in a real way from like a real person who is in business for themselves. No one had ever told me that um, and I thought you were crazy. If you recall, I thought you were crazy at the time, uh, but you were so emphatic about it. It was like the first like couple days we were working together. You were like, Oh, you were kind of annoyed. Uh, I recall because you were like, Oh, you're going to start your own business. It was just so obvious to you because you knew sort of the mindset and the makeup of an entrepreneur so well from all of your experience that it, you know, so that was a, a big wake up for me at that point, uh, you know, and, talk about sort of being inspired by the challenges of others, as you said in the intro, you know, I, you, 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 you really shocked me and surprised me <laughs> and, uh, inspired me to sort of think of myself differently, you know, several years ago now. And, uh, you know, within, like you, and you were, you and Kelsey were totally right. Within six months, I was, uh, you know, laying out a shingle and, and, uh, and starting on this journey. So it, it's been, um, you know, we're coming up on six years. It'll be six years and a couple of weeks uh, in this business. And, uh, when I, now, when I look back to my entire, sort of the breadth of my professional career coming up on 15 years of that, uh, yeah, everything I did was entrepreneurial. Now I think about it, <laughs> it was just for other people, you know? Um, so, you know, when I think about, you know, university, what I was doing in student government at university, we, we re the whole brand of our student government, um, at St. Fx. In, in a way that created a level of student engagement that was unheard of in the country. Uh, highest voter turnout in the country, highest student engagement, highest student usage rate of services and site traffic and all these different, uh, what I would later find out are key performance indicators. Um, you know, so it, it was entrepreneurial and sort of thinking then and then to go from there to be actually hired by the university to, you know do their <laughs> they just sort of called it that social media stuff uh, way back then because nobody <laughs> you know it was really wild and i realize now i look back yeah it was totally entrepreneurial because it, it was doing new things seeing things from different perspectives and at that time we competed with mcgill and u of t it was saint effects mcgill and u of t those are the three biggest uh, universities in canada on social media at the time when i was doing that work uh which, you know, if you know anything about those three universities, one of those is not like the others, uh, one's a lot smaller. And so it was entrepreneurism. It was an entrepreneurial mindset that, uh, that I think fostered a lot of that sort of creativity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And then, and then to, to, to move up North to sort of say, you know, what my wife and I had at a very young age had two very good jobs in Antigonish. These are the sorts of things that you don't, you're not supposed to walk away from. And we were both just bored out of our mind, you know, so we, but again, I think that's an, uh, that's an entrepreneurial desire to do different things and try things. And so we got as far away as we could, we went to the Yukon, you know, as far as you can go without needing a visa and uh, you know, we went all the way West and all the way North and, and lived in Whitehorse for four years. And, and uh, the, the work that I did there, you know, uh, it was entrepreneurial on behalf of my clients. So, when I look back, my journey started, really, it would have started when I was a kid seeing my father uh, as an entrepreneur, but I just didn't know it, right And uh, I worked as an entrepreneur for a long time before you actually helped crystallize in my mind that oh I, I could be that. Uh, and uh, you know, I'm still mad at you. <laughs> 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 so I'm exhausted. Uh, I'm no, you're mad at me too. <laughs> <laughs> But no, you know it's uh, it, it, so. Yeah, I think that's. I, I guess that's my journey, and uh, there you go. Uh, yeah, I guess that's my journey.
0: <laughs> so when you think about that, now that you've crystallized, this is the path right now. Anyway, what do you mm-hmm. think is your big audacious goal for yourself? For uh, your yeah. So, you know that goal that you you know twenty years out, sixty percent chance of making it. What would that goal be for you?
1: You know, I I want. Um, I want Atlanta, Canada to be the place where um, consumer packaged good products are uh, conceptualized and um, uh, test marketed. Oh, good morning. <laughs> uh, as the team starts to come into the office here, um, my office at 99 Portland Street in downtown Dartmouth, this is marketing. Visit this, this is marketing.ca. Uh, yeah, no, when I think of the, you know, the big, hairy, audacious goal, it's, it's, it's a a sustainable Atlantic Canadian economy. That's the big, hairy, audacious goal. Uh, And it's one that I think we all kind of need to share on uh, because we all live here. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, you know, as they say, demographics are destiny and uh, our demographics don't look very good right now. They're getting better, but they need to change. So from a business standpoint, what's my goal is to, to create quality, sustainable jobs that you can raise a family on and when i think of how to do that uh you know there's all kinds of work being done in the innovation space um you know melanie on this call is heavily involved in the volta community and and the, the technical uh world the tech startup world um and not just the startup world the tech uh, execution and fulfillment and, and uh, enterprise world that is more and more moving to halifax that's exciting um the ocean economy that's emerging is exciting um i, I think that Well, my hairy audacious goal is to to see, um, you know, know, a manufacturing (laughs) sector strengthen and and expand considerably in this region. Um, We're the most food insecure province in Canada, Nova Scotia is. Um, We don't have to be, you know, and uh, it's a very interesting space. It's a forgiving space. So to introduce a new product in this market, you can learn a lot without risking a lot. And I think that's an opportunity that, uh, if we can realize that and put the structures around it, this could be a really great place to bring new products and to try them and to make, you know, and create them too. So that's my big Harry goal is, is literally to create thousands and thousands of of sustainable quality jobs, um, by using the skills and tools of marketing and communications and branding for a, you know, a higher purpose other than just the this quarter's bottom line, but to really create, um, a new section or, or bolster um, an existing section of the economy. That's 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 where my head is. I, I'm not the tech startup guy. I'm not, you know, I love what's being done there and yeah. all these other fields, but that's just not me, right? And so it's, um, you know, and, and on a personal level, I think my big, hairy, audacious goal is to really, you know, I, I want to be a person that, that people with important stories to tell, turn to, to help them tell them. You know, that's what I want. You know, I, I'd love to be spending my career meeting really interesting people who are trying to make a positive impact and helping them. You know, that's, that's my big goal in life is to be doing that as much as I can. Like, you know, I got to meet you several years ago and it was clear you were on a mission to do more than uh, sell you know, insurance products, yeah. right? Uh, there's thousands of people selling insurance products. There's one Wendy Brookhouse and uh, you know, I can you, know, you talk again about when you meet others and you could be inspired by what others are trying to do. You know, that's where my head goes. How many Wendy Brookhouses can I meet? Um, before it's all said and done, so that's my goal.
0: That's that's super interesting uh, and suitably big. I like that, Neil. It's not a, it's not a small goal, which is awesome. Um, and you mentioned talking about how you wanted to work with these uh, people to help with that. So, where do you think your unique ability is, and where will that play?
1: Yeah, um, this is something that I've, uh, you know, it's it's, I don't know. Maybe it's as an Atlantic Canadian, uh, you know, raised by Mike, my mother's from Cape Breton and you just don't talk about yourself. Like, I don't know what it is, but it's very weird to talk about your own unique ability. Like it's some special thing. Um, I
0: echo that Neil, you when know? I asked Neil for his bio, he goes, my name's Neil. I own this company and here's the things all about my company.
1: <laughs> I was just trying to stay on message. Um, <laughs> uh, so, you know, what's my unique ability? Um, I think it's it's being able to hear people, um, to hear what they're not saying, and to get them to to open up in a way that allows me to collect enough data that I can then help them communicate and say what they want to say in a way that matters to people, you know, there's so many, I did the amount of people that I'm in awe of (laughs) that I, I have gotten to meet and then I've actually been able to like help, uh, because of what seems obvious to me is really surprising, you know? And, uh, so what I've kind of learned is that I I see things differently. I hear when people talk and when I read things that people write, and when I look at things that people produce and, you know, videos and stuff, I see things, I guess that other people don't. And I'm able to find stories that cut through the noise. And, um, you know, someone may want to say 30 different things. I think I have an ability to help them find the one thing that says all 30, you know, and say it in a way that, that people are going to care about. Uh, or, you know, you've got a company with 30 different people all wanting to say different things. Well, what's the one thing that we all want to say? Uh, and if we can find that, that's going to be the thing that we can all get behind as, a, as, a, as an organization or as a group of people. And I just seem to have this ability to listen, ask questions, and then sort of come back with, okay, what well, it sounds like this is what you mean. And, and people say, oh, that's exactly it. Oh my God. And I, To me, it's surprising every time because to me, it's just, Obvious. I don't know. Yeah. And that's, yeah, it sounds, I don't know, that sounds weird, but to, it's like, I, I guess I, it's like, um you know, I've, I've hired really good developers to build web things. And I kind of say, ah, these are all the things that I'm thinking. And then a week later they come back to me with like a link and I look at it and I'm like, oh my God, that's so much what I thought, but so much better. And to them it's like, yeah, I don't know. I just did it. And yeah, so it's, I guess that's what unique ability is all about. Um, But it always feels just almost. I've gotten to the habit now where when it feels almost too easy, that's when I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing.
0: Which yeah, I feel like weird.
1: It's, it's so weird.
0: You're in the zone, right, Neil? Do you feel like yeah. when you're doing this kind of work, like you're just in the zone and everything's working?
1: Yeah, yeah. And so, so from a professional standpoint, like in terms of what service do I provide, I think that's the biggest thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so, like in this company. I'm very much on the front end of projects. I get to know the clients. I get to know their story and their journey and what it is that they're trying to say. Um, But then when it comes to, you know, building the website and designing and I don't, I'm the worst person for those things in reality. So now I've got this team around me who can execute. And it's really a, so I've grown, now I have a new, you know, I don't know if it's a unique ability, but it's certainly a, a, I feel it's a unique responsibility to to ensure that the conditions are such here that, that, uh, that creativity can happen. Uh, and I, I don't, I, I feel like that's less my unique ability, but it's growing in my most important responsibility.
0: Mm. When you think about the last five years, Neil in particular, what do you think your biggest win has been as an entrepreneur and a business owner?
1: Uh, I'm still here. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you know, it's just this is exhausting it's exhausting yeah. and we're inundated every day with examples that that very easily make it feel like everyone else has their their act together and you don't you know what i mean like it's you know don't go on linkedin if you want to pick me up for your own abilities because you look <laughs> around and you're like oh my everybody else caitlin burgoyne's got another genius post here and uh you know i barely got out of bed this morning um you know, and so it, it can be, there's really low points where you just, and it's, it's unhealthy to be looking at everyone else that way, but it's the reality. You can't help it sometimes, you know, you get in low points. And so in how those.
0: You get yourself out.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, you know, yourself it, out. yeah. Yeah. In those low points, it sucks. Right. And so, you know, the, um, uh, my mother gave me advice on marriage a long time ago. Uh, she said, it's not about staying in love the whole time it's about never falling out of love at the same time uh, with you and your partner. Right. Cause you're, you're going to have low points in a relationship. It's just the way that it is, you know? And so in business, it's like, there's, there's low points, but you gotta, you gotta just get through them. And, uh, and it's, yeah, so it's, it's, it's difficult. Um, how do I try to get through it? Yeah. Uh, the number one thing associated. So, okay, here's my sermon. The number one thing associated with the lowest points in entrepreneurship is the degree to which I am resting full stop. The second biggest variable that's uh, a, a correlated variable all the time is what I'm eating. <laughs> so, <laughs> re- so rest and diet are the number two, like the one and two contributing factors to my mental health as an entrepreneur and uh it's
0: the basics
1: right it's absolutely the basics and you know dave culligan who i've never met but is a fantastic videographer in the city and and video storyteller uh and i guess in toronto now too he's opened an office there uh from 365 media he has a uh a a sort of a a, one of his several rules number nine i think it is is rest and replenish Mm. and uh and he actually had a post recently talking about how he forgot that how he had everything under control. I mean, he had he gotten to a great place mentally, physically. He was training for a half marathon uh, and he was just doing awesome. And so he put in a bunch of long nights on a project that he was passionate about, right? All good things, uh, but he neglected the rest and replenish. And then he, he, he like snapped, he like broke and he realized, oh my God, I completely forgot. So even when you're doing the best things, the things that give you the most energy, the things that you're most excited about and passionate about, if you don't rest and replenish, you know, and take care of yourself in terms of diet, at least for me anyway, you know, it's it's, it's irrelevant. I might as well be, you know, digging ditches. It's just as miserable, right? The so,
0: interesting uh, analogy I've heard is the racehorse analogy. Like, if we look at ourselves as high-performing racehorses, what do you, do you actually not let them sleep and don't give them good food?
1: Exactly, exactly. One of like I do political work, and one of the things that I learned uh, in the political work, I always thought that you like in a political campaign, you know, well, a, a truth in a political campaign is the candidate's time is the most precious resource, right? Mm-hmm. And I always thought, okay, it's a 30-day, 30 36-day campaign, whatever it is. Go, 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 go. But what I learned in my first campaign was, no, no, it's go, go, go for everyone around the candidate. And the candidate's time is the most valuable, absolutely. But that candidate's rest is the most important thing. <laughs> you know, and it's, and it's, it's important because that, that's the candidate. That's the person that's going to be out in front of people answering questions, interacting with the public and stuff. But as CEOs of businesses and as leaders of, of, the, of the companies that we run, we don't think of ourselves that way. Like, you know, but we got to You got to make sure you're arrested because you're the face of it all. Right. And uh, uh, so I try to, I try to remember that, but then deadlines get in the way and uh, you know, personal projects get in the way and you know, good, good TV series get in the way and you know, all, all these things. So anyway, you know, if they don't have
0: another West wing meal. That's
1: all. I'm saying. Oh my, I'd be done. I'd be done. <laughs> Although I'm, you know, my wife and I are getting into Shit's Creek pretty hard now. Ooh, it's
0: good. Yeah. That's
1: yeah. very good show.
0: What do you think has been your hardest lesson along the way? (sighs) The one that you're never going to forget.
1: That's a good question. You sent um, uh, removing the third wall here, Wendy sent me some of these questions beforehand and I tried to prepare, but I also just wanted to be, you know, real and honest and, and in the moment. So I, it's not like I scripted them by any means. Um, what is the can you ask? Can you just give me that question one more time?
0: What has been your hardest lesson along this journey?
1: Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Um the hardest lesson has been that no one else cares as much as you do. And that is, I think that's true between entrepreneurs. Like yeah in the things that I'm doing in my business, it's very, very difficult to find anyone who thinks about it and cares about it the way that I do. And so, uh, you know, and if I'm sure if we were talking to another entrepreneur, you know, I wouldn't care about the thing that they're doing as much as they do. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, But when it's you, when it's your world and you care about it so much that realization that nobody else does, uh, you know, it's it's sad, <laughs> and it's very lonely, mm. um, and that's that's the thing that I never knew and never expected about entrepreneurship is the loneliness, and like the best, like my wife came and began working in the business in September. You know, that was a big full
0: time, full time.
1: Yeah, so she came, <laughs> she left her job with Ernst and Young in September, and she came working and, and came to work in the business. Um, and I mean. After that first week, our level, like the, 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 connectedness between her and I changed because she understood for the first time what mm-hmm. I had been living in and really understood it, you know, yeah. um, and then just started crushing it. Uh, she's awesome. And I, and I will just take this opportunity to note that, uh, on Monday she became a full partner and part owner in this company, uh, which was just. Yeah. it's really special. We, I mean, we always kind of knew that was going to happen because she's a rock star, but you know, when she came on, came on as an employee, it was as an employee. Okay. Yeah. You're going to be here. You're a very important role. But, um, but now, you know, she's, she's, she's at this new level and it's exciting, but that, that to me was like the, that was a difficult thing to realize was that it's, this is going to be a lonely journey and uh, to sort of get my head around that, that, that was, that was hard, a lot harder than yeah. I expected.
0: I think that maybe what contributed to your success at the as the Bram camp If we think about, you created a community. Uh, yes, a bunch of yes. lost souls. A whole bunch of us lonely lost souls managed to find each other. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now we're all lonely again.
0: Except for Fridays, Neil. Except for Fridays. I was going to say. Except for the real bottom line. <laughs> um, now you know this isn't your favorite subject, Neil, but it's one of mine. Which is hmm. let's talk. Let's talk about numbers. Right. Uh, you know um, what is your relationship with numbers and how has it evolved over the course of your entrepreneurial journey?
1: Okay. My relationship with numbers is uh, not good. Um, mathematics for me has been a very uncomfortable and stress inducing idea. Mm-hmm. Um, when right around the time you start to get into heavy math, is around grade seven, grade eight. Mm-hmm. You, know, you start to do. They start to bring the alphabet into math around that age, right? Uh, and my first thought was, "How dare they!" Uh, but you know, uh, the, the biggest problem for me was, I was in the process of learning that alphabet in another language. So I, I was, I started in French immersion. Morning, Nathan. Good morning. Um, uh, I started in uh, French immersion in in grade seven, and so. Uh, You know, math is hard enough uh, for me anyway, uh, but I was learning it in a different language. So what I realized after the fact, like much like years later, is that all the foundation, that's the other thing about math is it totally builds on itself, right? And thinking about numbers and how you understand math, it all builds on itself. Uh, So you got to get your basics and you grow and grow. And my basics were just rubbish, you know, like uh, I didn't, I didn't have good basics because I didn't understand what the teacher was saying. (laughs) You know, so uh, it's not a good place to start. Right. And so uh, for a very long time, I just thought I was quite dumb, uh, you know, especially when it came to math. And so it wasn't until grade 11. No, I'm sorry, grade 12. um, And the teacher, Mr. Giffen. One, I got out of French immersion. Thank God. Uh, That's a whole other story. Moved to Antigonish from Halifax. In Anaganish, you start French immersion in grade primary. Here, you generally start in grade seven. So I went to Anaganish and went into a classroom with people who had been in the same class with one another since grade primary. I was very much the new kid and their French was very much better than mine. Um, uh, Très meilleur que moi. I think that's French. I don't know. Uh, A lot better than mine. And... um, you know, so it, that kind of exacerbated it. And I realized, Oh my, like, this is just awful. So after my first year in Antigonish, I left French immersion. And so I had a, I had a really kind older woman as, as a math teacher in grade 11, my first English math teacher. Um, and I'm just an awful person. I cannot remember her name. So I'm sorry, but she was amazing. And she really helped me. Like uh, she offered to let me come in early. Um, so I did and caught up a lot. And then Mr. Giffen in grade 12, who I do remember, um, of course I remember the guy, but anyhow, uh, yeah, I remember Mr. Giffen and, uh, you know, he really, uh, you know, had a huge impact. So, uh, kind of saved me, but didn't accept, Like I wasn't crushing it, but I, I passed, you know, I was, it was, it was like roads in Nova Scotia in winter passable with caution. Uh, right. Just sort of like, <laughs> so I just, I avoid math. I have, I have long since, you know, just avoided all of that. So to get to your question, uh, which is what's my relationship with, with numbers and, and, you know, really, I think money is kind of where your where your head is at there. Uh, my relationship with money is just don't look at it, <laughs> you know, just work <laughs> really, really hard, um, you know, just bang your head against the wall with hard work, and the money should eventually be okay. Uh, try not to spend too much. Now, I fail miserably on the spending too much, uh, and so the money is always a little uh, out of whack, but it's amazing how at a very young age, just the idea of numbers, str- just a pit in my stomach because of language, you know, it had nothing to do with anything other than my ability to like understand what was happening. And then that I deal with the repercussions of that every day, you know? And, and that's why, I, you know, when you started asking people that question years ago, Wendy, I love that question because everyone has this journey and this relationship with money and you were able to realize that. And so you're, you're uh, you know, you're a, uh, a financial wellness expert, you know how to work with people to help get them where they need to be from a, a, a financial wellness perspective, and then go from stabilizing their financial wealth to actually just living their best financial wealth life. You know, you can really take someone from the depths to the highest high, and I think the number one reason you're able to do that so well is you attack their actual relationship with money. You know, and so I love that question, and you know, you you uh, you're you're my go-to person on on the subject of finances. And I always go into those conversations knowing that you know where I'm coming from, you know, why I'm acting the way that I'm acting and you're cool with it. And you try to mitigate the negative impacts of that and help me build on where I can go. And so it's, it's just a great question. And I think you're so uniquely positioned to ask it. uh, your unique ability lies somewhere in there as well. I would imagine.
0: When you think about numbers. Okay. So it's an awful relationship, but obviously well, for most of us, our, our business success is tied to those things, to the money, to the numbers. Do you find um, that as you've grown the business, that you have more appreciation of that? Or is that like, I know Kirsten's handling some of that, but where, where do you play in that?
1: Oh my, yeah. Um, it's not a good idea to bury your head in the sand. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert! <laughs> You know, you might not have known this, but uh, don't bury your head in the sand when it comes to your uh, money. And, um, yeah, I, in the last couple of months, uh, really, I think probably since October, um, Kirsten came on at the beginning of September. So probably the end of October, I kind of stopped paying attention to cash flow. She pays attention to cash flow. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and, And one of the things that I'm mindful of, and actually we were talking about it yesterday, briefly, um was and is that there's so much stress that comes with paying attention to cash flow you know and they get one of the gifts person has given me in this business now is i don't have to um and when i think about the first several years of the business it was just an area that i uh it, you know would avoid would avoid would avoid would avoid, avoid and then okay i have to look at this and i might spend like a day and a half buried in google sheets uh, you know, just trying to Making pull it the worst together. <laughs> yeah. Making it as
0: big and ugly a thing to deal with as possible.
1: Yeah, exactly. Making it into a giant complex spreadsheet that if I can just get this spreadsheet, right, it'll solve all my problems. And no, the, a, a basic piece of paper is fine. If you regularly review it and pay attention, it's the repetition that, uh, you know, uh, as Kelsey always says, time, space, repetition, like you got to make time for things. You got to give it the proper space and do it and do it and do it. And, um, you know, and that, that can put you in front of someone and get you attention in your business, or it can uh, help facilitate a much better habit. You know, yeah. uh, I have bad habits with money. Uh, it, it's just, there's no getting around it. So when it, when it came to the business, you know, that's one thing that, that. Uh, so Clary uh, Fleming is our mentor in residence here. Clary is an icon in Atlanta, Canada, when it comes to um, marketing, communications, broadcasting. Uh, he... he he handled Sobeys for four decades. Uh, he was the, the agency of choice for, for Sobies, uh, And, you know, and he had agencies from Toronto coming down, kicking the tires, saying, how are you doing all this amazing stuff in Bedford? You know, and uh, so he comes with this lineage of, of real depth of knowledge and experience. And that's one of the things that he's, I don't know if he realized he's taught me is like, you're supposed to make money. You know, and that probably makes you want to pull your hair out, Wendy, because you've told me that. And, uh, but sometimes, you know, the messenger matters. And, uh, (laughs) yeah, you know, Clary, Clary helped me see it in a way that, you know, it's like, yeah, if I'm not making money, I'm not going to be here to help other people in the long run. So I better take my head out of the sand. And so, bringing making the choice to bring Kirsten on full time was terrifying. But at the same time, it was, well, what is the statistical likelihood that I'm actually going to take my head out of the sand on a regular enough basis to not run this company into the ground? I wasn't comfortable with the statistical odds, so I needed to you know replace myself in, in that area. and uh, so yeah, it, it definitely impacts the business every single day, and I just try to mitigate my own weaknesses in that area so that it minimizes the
0: negative impact. That's awesome. Um, what is next for Neil Steven and this is marketing? Like, what's the next evolution for you?
1: Well, um we have uh taken the space. I'm looking at a wall right now that is not going to exist in a couple of weeks. Uh, we've taken the space beside us. We have uh begun the process of designing a studio. Um We've, uh, uh, we've welcomed a, a, a really great up and coming young, um, very talented product uh, photographer and product videographer into our space. He's not a member of our team, but he's a partner. Um, uh, you guys taught me that, Wendy, Kelsey, you taught me that, that model and it's so, so valuable. Um, and I, I see in the not so distant future, continued space expansion here because physical distancing is always gonna be a smart idea but it's not going to be a required idea for all that much longer in the grand scheme of things. And, and I think that small and medium sized companies are going to want to have a place to be able to send their marketing folks um, to do a whole bunch of things, mm-hmm. figure out strategy, figure out messaging, create content, uh, debate tactics on all these sorts of things under the one roof and in a space where they can go for two or three weeks and uh, have a desk, be there as, a, as the marketing manager for a brand and be surrounded by all the tools they need to take that brand to the next level. Um, so that's what I see in, 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 the not so distant future. Like I yeah. I want consumer packaged goods to be a thing in Atlantic Canada more than they are now. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't want you to have to have McCain at the end of your name to be in the consumer packaged goods space. No, no knock against the McCain's like, my God, they're huge employers and they've given so much to Atlanta Canada. It's not, but we need more of them. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I think if Sheena at uh, made with local, like we need 10 of her uh, now. Right. So it's, Uh, you know, if, if, if Sheena's got a marketing person, how can I create an environment where that person can come in with a good investment and give themselves a whole quarters worth of content, a whole quarters worth of strategy, uh, and, and walk out two weeks later with everything that they need. That's what I want to make here. So that's what we're trying to do. So this is a a big first step is knocking this wall down taking this space, investing in the studio. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I see. Sounds,
0: Sounds like an innovation hub to me, Neil yeah yeah well a creation hub or something yeah
1: well i want it to be something that is for profit uh i want everyone in here to have skin in the game you know Mm -hmm. and and i uh, i want to subsidize it to a point but subsidize it through goodwill not through government funding um if that makes sense so you know brian is, is new to our space here brian monroe is the new videographer you know i'm taking the hit uh, he's not, he's not paying a whole lot to be here and I'm taking the hit just like you took the hit when I was, you know, five and a half years ago on Kemp road with you guys, right? Like that office was worth a bit more than what I was paying, but you know, uh, so I I don't want to have that sort of, uh, there, there are the voltas of the world. There are these spaces that are incubators and to me, I I think that this is a for-profit model that, uh, is just more of a reflection of how brands are working now. As opposed to, you know, you know, we need to yeah create some sort of uh, initial stimuli to to bump something. I think brands are ready for this. So I, yeah, nice. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but
0: I don't think there's anything like it. So that sounds really interesting in this market.
1: Well, that sounds like me.
0: <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs>
1: this is a ridiculous idea. Give it to Neil. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, here's my here's one of the questions I came up with. This. It's kind of one of my favorites, Neil. If you could go back to when you were starting out, what would be the book, the TED talk, the YouTube video, or something that you would say, go watch this. It will make every difference to you, to the you, the starting out you versus the five years you.
1: That's a really good question. Uh, and there's been, you know, I, I'm not a, uh, I read that, uh, Strategically. Like I'm like, okay, I need to learn about this so I can help a client. So I go and I read and I learn about it. Uh like so I read articles. I'm always like, but I or I watch videos that explain things and all that sort of stuff. But to sit down with a book, I don't that's time I, I never make for myself um so the only time I ever sit down with a book is when I'm in like a program and they say you have to read this book <laughs> uh and it's depressing because I've got on my nightstand I mean the Tarek's book from by Chocolate I'm in the book and I haven't read the thing you know it's brutal but uh I read my chapter the one about me I read that obviously but
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but, but uh so when I think back I think of you know is, is there a book and there, there was like one book that, you know, this is not, this won't be surprising for most entrepreneurs, but the E-Myth is a book that, you know, I wish I had read that a couple of years before I read it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, you put together a really cool program called jumpstart, uh, um, a couple of years back and I was lucky enough to, to make the right choice to say yes. And be, and, and, when and,
0: I told you you had to go in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh,
1: you know, and uh, I, I am really grateful that I did both because of what I learned, but also the, the people that I met and, uh, but uh, you, one of the mandatory things is you got to read this book. And uh, you know, if you know anything about the E-myth, you know what I'm talking about. It, it, there there are misunderstandings about how entrepreneurs and, and and business actually work, you know, so that one comes to my mind right off the bat. Um, there are some other books. Uh,
0: any you know, any of the, you know, videos or someone, a speaker or somebody that may have, yeah. Did uh, you have some aha moments?
1: I got the, yeah, yeah. You, you sent me this question and I've been laboring this question since. And I, and I, you know, like popular things that people would say here would be like, oh, Simon Sinek, start with why. I watch start with why and get annoyed because it's like, yes, thank you. Yes. Clary <laughs> Fleming has been talking about that for 40 years. Thanks, Simon. Great. <laughs> really made it simple. Thank you. But like not revolutionary, you know, and um so, so I, I consume media with a fairly heavy grain of salt so I, it's difficult to think back to, oh this video changed but i do have those things but they're ones that i watched uh but and i, I was lucky to watch them at young ages I, um someone who influenced me heavily and this is uh this is a very dangerous thing to say but i'll say it anyway uh i was heavily influenced at a young age by noam chomsky
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah, uh, and it's a dangerous thing to say because people think that he's crazy, uh, and he is in many respects. Uh, he's a world renowned. He's the leading linguist in the history of our species. He's he basically invented modern invented modern lingu- linguistic study, and you know he's a genius. So there's that. Uh, but he's also, in terms of the way people see the world, he's way out in left field, and I don't. By any means subscribe to all the things that he says but what he taught me at a very young age was that it's way everything is way more complex than you think and there are reasons why all things are the way that they are and that has served me like i started i read my first chomsky piece in high school and so and he's a perfect author there's lots to dig into there so from a very young age complexity was something that i sought to understand not when most people um, I, my sense since high school and sort of chatting with people is that most people aren't even aware of the complexity. And, and because I paid attention to some of his writings, I was able to understand, Oh, there's a lot more depth and complexity here. And, uh, and so I kind of strive to, to understand that as much as I can. So I think he, he was a major influence, not because of his politics really, but because of the depth and the breadth of his research and just, you know, it's impressive to sort of look at it that way and see it from fifteen different angles, and so that's what I try. Critical to do.
0: thinking and how he looked at the issues. Yeah, Not like than the how he what he ended up deciding about the issues more like how he looked at them.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like we're working right now with um, Melissa Lloyd from a company called Doodle Lovely, who she's been on the boot camp before, and um, and we're working on a new product for her. And we've ripped apart this business idea and looked at it from fifteen different perspectives to try to figure out exactly the right way to do this. And uh, you know, I. So, so when I think back, I think those are that, that, that type of stuff that's been very impactful for me. Um, I wish I had met Clary Fleming in a, in a big way earlier. Mm. Um, you know, that, that would have changed things in a big way. Um, something I always point to as well. Something I wish I learned earlier. My wife, uh, I I'm an introvert. <laughs> I, you know, it's, I'm fine to get on here and talk and all that, but if I don't get time to recharge and, and be an introvert uh, you know, it, talk about rest and replenish I I can be exhausted very quickly and so social interactions for me I'm I'm calculating a hundred different variables with every handshake and it's exhausting Uh, Mm -hmm. and I got probably the single best piece of advice I've ever gotten from anyone was from my wife years ago uh, I think maybe in the first year of business uh, so maybe six years ago now maybe longer she she said um, just be excited to see people and they'll be excited to see you. And it's so friggin' simple. You know, she's an extrovert. She's like, oh, people all the time. But for me, I am meeting people and I'm factoring in a hundred different things. And I'm thinking like all, the, all the, the reasons they may be annoyed that they have to even spend time with me or what, you know, or like there's a, of course you, you think negatively and you know, all this sort of thing. So when she, when she told me that, I thought that's, it just felt like fortune cookie wisdom. Like, oh, that's too simple. And then I started doing it and I realized, my goodness, people just want to smile. People just want to, to care. And, and, and if you show genuine interest in someone, they're going to reciprocate. Uh, and I wish I learned that when I was 10, because it would have changed my whole childhood. <laughs> 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 um, you know, so th- those are the sorts of things that come to my mind. I can't think, I really tried to think of like a t- talk that. Oh, no, no, this like, is great.
0: Uh, You've it's yeah. a
1: great question. It really made me think like it really, I love that question.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Well, and, and Neil, thank you for your time today. Um, this was awesome. So many nuggets of uh, truth and some truth bombs. So hopefully I can take this torch that you've passed in many ways and oh make God, this a, nice. a good community going forward. Uh, that being said, I would love to open it up for questions. Does anyone have, let's put them on the hotspot guys. Who wants to ask Neil a question? Melanie, you start, you go.
1: I, go ahead, Melly. I just want to have a rule, though. Kelsey McCauley has to ask a question.
0: Ooh. This morning. Okay. Well, I'm glad I'm going first because I don't know if I could follow Kel- Kelsey. <laughs> Especially now that I just called him Kelly by mistake. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Neil, I've got lots of questions. I think the biggest one is, um, you know, you, you talk about your goal. Why? I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I'm going to start with Why? What is it inside of you that connects you so passionately to drive you?
1: Um I Thank you. Oh my god, I got tea delivered to me. The perfect distraction from that big question. Um <laughs> Thank you, Pat. Um I don't know, Melanie, and uh I've only really recently come to understand that I have apparently an abnormally sized passion. Like, you know what I mean? An outsized desire to like, I didn't, to me, is I just been living my life and, but I guess I get really passionate about things and I get fired up. And when I, so I've been trying to understand that actually, So it's a great question. And uh, what I've come to realize is that um, th- this, I'm going to say this, this is absolute. I don't say this in terms of, gender or, uh, race or anything like that, this is purely economic. I have a real problem with inequity. Um, and, uh, it, uh, it's, uh, it's a difficult thing to talk about because it's lived experience and, uh, you know, I don't really want to talk about it, but, um, the world could be more fair than it is and it wouldn't hurt that much. And so when I think of, you know, like, like I, I'm interested in consumer packaged goods in Atlanta, Canada, not because, I, you know, I, I think, you know, the although superfruit puree from, from Healthy Berries is a wonderful product and the, the bottle and the packaging is fun. I, I don't, I'm not interested in that because of the, all of those things. I'm interested because if that company can work, it could give a lot of people jobs and good jobs that would allow them to raise families and not be stressed about whether or not you know we can get new basketball shorts yeah for, you know for our, our kid and and a lot of people the the vast majority of people are living in a world where they're not sure if they can get new basketball sneakers for their kids or, or enroll them in something right so it you know there's that that sign about you, know, you, you see it on social media when you support a small business you're helping a kid get dance classes or you know it's a nice little thing it's a meme and it's on social media and people like it and they share it but to me, it's everything. And, and I used to be all like local, 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 small business, small business, small business. And about a year ago, Wendy and Kelsey actually um, broadened my perspective. And they said, uh, they said to me, if a larger company came to you and wanted to make a major investment uh, and was going to create a whole bunch of sustainable long-term jobs, uh, would you not help them because they're a larger company? And I said, no, absolutely not. I would love to help them. Uh, and so what I realized is that it's about the investment. It's about what you're bringing to the table. And I'm interested in, in working with people who want to be all in and want to, you know, do what's right by people, not just the bottom line. And that's, and that's my real bottom line. <laughs> there you go, Wendy. You you. Sound bite. So yeah, <laughs> that's my why, uh, Melanie, but I, 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 am still struggling with it. I don't know. I know that inequity is, uh, I have a real hard time. It's like acidic. It's, uh, yeah. So like the racial and gender inequities that we're now exploring more as a society, mm-hmm. I, <clears throat> you know, I'm six five cis white male. Mm-hmm. I, I I was born trotting into home plate, right? So I don't. But on economic inequity, I have some lived experience, and uh, it's an area that yeah brings a lot of passion. Thank you.
0: Thanks, Melanie. Uh, since Kelsey Macaulay has to ask the question, maybe we could get him into the spotlight here. If you could unmute yourself, Kelsey, and and ask the one question that's gonna make this interview the best interview ever. Uh, Thank you all. Now, Neil, that you have a new business partner. It's always fun when you're an entrepreneur and taking on new business partners and figuring out um, why you would want uh, what they bring to the table for resources and whatnot. And obviously bringing your spouse on is, uh, has a different matrix. Um, with Wendy and I working for a decade together, we, we understand that. I, I'm interested in the dynamic of the big decisions, and especially, you know, since kind of both of you a bit as well. Um, when it comes to the big decisions, how are you making those decisions and making sure that you're protecting your time to try to stay in your unique ability and even though it's the shiny blingy thing and you really want to do that and even if you're good at it. So like when the opportunities come, how how are they coming? How's the decision is kind of where I'm curious.
1: Yeah. Um <sighs> i'm just realizing that kirsten is on this call (laughs) okay good to know um before i answer this question and my wife is listening um
0: i tried to get him i'm sorry
1: (laughs) uh you know kirsten really gives me the space to make decisions and uh to fail and to support me anyway and has always done that um I think she's betting on the law of averages and that in the long run, there'll be enough wins that the fails will be mitigated. But, um, in the business now that she's in it, what she provides is, um, I mean, just uh, creative brainstorming, like let's, let's figure out a good solution. She has ideas, right. And and so do some of the other key players here, which is great. Um, but she has a firm hold on the numbers that I didn't have. So we're making more informed decisions. Uh, So one of the things that we did uh, at the end of 2020 is we increased our rates. Now I hadn't increased my rates for over four years and uh, she took care of that. uh, You know, and I mean, it was, it's easy to say that kind of laughing, but she helped me understand, you know, she did and, and, you know, other advisors did too. um, But she was a catalyst for, for, for doing it. And I absolutely did not want to do it. Um, both because of the pandemic, but also because of, you know, what you guys would call my self reference criteria, the way I see myself and the way I see my role, I just don't, it's difficult to see me worth more. But um, now that we've done that, the business has gotten even better, more people want to work with us, uh, I think, because we're actually suggesting our worth with our price as opposed to you know, very low. Right. So, uh, and I, so I'm saying that because that was a major choice that she drove and I disagreed with, but I'm as all in on her as she is on me. And so, you know, and she was so kind to say the whole time, like, you're really struggling with this. So, cause I had to make all the phone calls to all the clients and say, you know, this is going to get more expensive. And, and those were awful calls. Um, and she was, she sat right beside me for almost every one of them, you know, so it at the end of the day if if you have someone who um you know will be with you and and behind you in the success and and shielding you in the failure that's that's partner that's 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 what it's about and and she's she is that in my personal life and my professional life and uh that's why it means so much that she's in the business now because it's just a true ally um yeah i don't know if that totally answers your question kelsey but that's that's what we're navigating. And and it's, it's been almost entirely for the better. (laughs) That's
0: that's... That's awesome. Well, thank you uh, again, Neil, so much for uh, being the first one and for trusting me with um, your torch, so to speak of the uh, bootcamp to pass it along. Uh, So grand thanks. I hope everyone will come back next week because next week, Christina Forgeron is going to tell us all about stuff uh and we'll get to learn about bolster her uh amazing nomadic life all kinds of fun things that we'll learn uh, about christina and uh she's kind of at the start of the journey so it's going to be even more interesting to see uh what she's learned so far
1: w- so, uh when do uh, can i sorry to interrupt your flow i don't yeah, but i can no. I, I need i, I want to plug something
0: yeah please do
1: uh, uh when's the, do we know when this is going to be released no okay Andy, well Okay, it needs to be released before Friday of next week, uh, because uh, on Friday of next week, uh, I'll be I'll be releasing the first episode of This Time Last Year, which is a a ten part series uh, that will look at the twenty twenty pandemic through the eyes of those who lived it. Uh, And my first guest on podcast number one, episode number one of This Time Last Year, will be uh, former Premier Stephen McNeil. So we're going to get a behind the scenes, look at the very first week leading up to the declaration of the, the state of emergency and the province going into full lockdown from Stephen's perspective. I'm quite excited about it. Uh, I'm interviewing him on, on Monday, which is to the day 365 days after the first COVID death in the sorry COVID diagnosis in this province. Wow. So it's uh it's really exciting. Uh, so he's episode number one. We've got a bunch of great guests lined up and, uh, I just you know I hope everyone will 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 download and, and share and do do all the things uh, um, and I the only reason I am able to do it is because of the team that got together every morning for over you know almost a year uh, on the boot camp and so I just am beyond grateful for that for that because it it got me ready for this and i'm I'm really excited about it that's
0: awesome i just popped into the chat uh in terms of self-promotion is that i'm running free retirement uh webinars next week so if you're worried about retirement or even want to think the word want to know what to think about and get yourself ready for some strategy it's a good little webinar and you can go sign up there
1: okay and and that's at blackstarwealth.com
0: no i just put the link there because it's on uh, facebook on my facebook page on the black okay. star we- group website or sorry black star group wealth group um facebook page is where so,
1: it's cool. at. So, the, so so to all the downloaders and the listeners to this podcast uh go on facebook and search black star wealth um and you're you should you should like and follow them they're just totally always dropping really good content about how to live a better financial life uh and wendy is too modest to just say that so directly so i'll do it for her uh it's it's worth the like do it
0: awesome thanks neil thanks everybody have a good day thank you for listening to the real bottom line this show is produced by black star wealth executive producer wendy brookhouse to learn more about the show or to contact us go to blackstarwealth.com